Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, I'm Zivi Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me every single day, 365 days a year for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. You can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in San Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Noelle Crooks is the author of Under the Influence. A California native, Noelle's love of books started at a young age with coveted trips to the local library with her late father. Before publishing her debut novel, Noelle majored in journalism and has held roles at Sephora and Dolce Vita and was the brand director at the Hollis Company. An education activist, Noelle is passionate about supporting youth literacy within marginalized schools. With her debut novel, Noelle has also found herself as a champion for better workplace environments for all. She currently resides in New York City with her sidekick pup, Cooper. Welcome, Noelle. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Under the Influence. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. 
Congratulations. And this is the coolest cover. And by the way, you are like the only person I know who color coordinates their outfits on Instagram so that every picture like (laughs) fits the theme without having to curate. It's pretty awesome. Thank you so much. I feel like if you open my closet right now, it's just all green and pink and you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. So (laughs) (laughs) I know the other day I'm like, I think I'd save time. Isn't it like Steve Jobs says he only wears black turtlenecks. I'm like, maybe I'll just wear blue. Then everything will always match. Exactly. It's the unsaid uniform. Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay. Under the Influence, tell everybody what your book is about, please. Yes. So Under the Influence, it's about a young woman named Harper, and she applies for a job on a whim working for this charismatic influencer, Charlotte Green. And the job application also means that she has to make a move to Nashville. So she picks up and moves her life to Nashville and it begins working at the greenhouse. And in the beginning, she finds it really challenging and exhilarating. But the longer she ends up working there, the more she realizes that there could be a dark side to being a girl boss. Interesting. You have so much in here about the whole sort of cult-like atmosphere of working for an influencer who has so many trap, not trappings, but things around set up around her from the homes where people live nearby and work to the way they do everything, to having to post at a certain time, to optional activities that are not optional at all. Talk to me about this whole influencer company mentality. And I'm I'm hoping that in running my business, because I'm like always saying, oh, this is optional. And it is, you know, but then I'm like, oh no, am I making people feel like it's not optional? But anyway, tell me, tell me about this whole <laughs> culture. Yes. So it was something that I sort of decided to research more about also when writing this book, which is this idea of workplaces and specifically toxic workplaces. And kind of what I've come to find is the most toxic workplaces that people kind of end up coming forward with, or you kind of hear about online are always the ones that are like a little bit sexy and a little bit cool. And they're the ones that have the Instagram pages that are just filled with, you know, smiling, happy employees and all of these amazing mission statements on the website. And then like beautiful offices, all of the things. And come to find that, you know, behind closed walls, there's these crazy, interesting rules and policies or rituals like dance parties. And like you said, optional events that are not actually quite optional. And so to me, it was just such a fun sort of setting to explore a lot of the themes of influencer culture, social media. By telling this story, that kind of shares a lot of what some people face every every single day going into these toxic workplaces that they might not have known about when they applied for the job. So when does it become, I mean, I know that Harper quickly realizes that she's maybe in over her head, you know, even from her wooing from the rapid fire application process and how she's selected and blah, 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 and how she has no visibility into anything she's going to be doing and yet has to fly to Nashville and drop everything. And only her parents are there as like sort of sounding boards. And obviously when she gets there, she encounters a lot of surprises as as to what the company is like and the culture and all, all of it. When does it become obvious, do you think, in the real, in real, like, how do you know? Basically, when can you, how do you avoid getting into this? And should Harper have made a different decision? And how do you know, where is the line between toxic and healthy? Like, where is that line? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I think it's something that people are still sort of 
uncovering right now, right? Because I don't think the line or expectation is, you know, I'm never going to work a minute past 6 p.m. or a minute past, you know, my hours because it's unrealistic. You obviously also want to show up to your workplace and feel really excited and dedicated and passionate. And sometimes that does mean working, you know, a little bit of extra hours here or there. And I do think though, a lot of kind of the happenings that are going on in the greenhouse, the sort of red flags, if you will, are I think the cult-like atmosphere. So the really specific rules about, you know, what can and can't be on your desk, this sort of unspoken expectation that everyone's participating in a dance party. We're all getting up, we're all dancing our little hearts out. And those sort of things that don't necessarily actually help with productivity and just kind of weird rituals that are occurring. I think in terms of how someone could avoid this is I always like to think of applying for jobs as almost like dating. You would never go on a date and kind of put all of your eggs in their basket and just answer all of the questions and walk away hoping that this person, you know, likes you or wants to go on a second date. You would always go into it with you know, your own sort of questions, your own sort of expectations or things that you're hoping for and have it be a two-way street. And I think job interviewing should very much be the same thing where whatever is important to you, whatever that might be in terms of a company culture or something specific within your role, making sure that you are well-versed and asking the right questions and making sure you're also getting a whole picture. I think sometimes companies like to just have you interview with one or two people. It's sort of like a fast interview process. And I think asking to interview with other members of the team and really trying to do your due diligence to get a accurate representation of, you know, what is the day-to-day like here? Not just exactly what's on their career page. Yeah. Good, good advice. So I know from your bio, you worked at the Hollis Company, and I had actually Rachel Hollis on my podcast a while back. And before I read your bio, because I just sort of dove right into the book, I was thinking to myself, oh, I wonder if she ever worked for any sort of influencer that she's getting all this information. And then at the very end, when I saw your bio, I was like, oh, okay, well, she worked for Rachel Hollis. So I don't know. I'm sure you can't talk about your experience there or how it informed this. And I know this is all a work of fiction and, and all of that, but I don't know, from your own experience, at least in the world of influencers and companies under influencers, like what can you say, what do you think about the culture of the influencer at all? And what can you share about what happened with you? Yeah. So to start, I mean, I definitely fell victim to hustle culture in my early twenties, similar to Harper. I, I like to say sort of a forever teacher's pet. And uh, I have that sort of energy. I've always been very excited and ambitious and ready to go and hit the ground running. And we sort of see that a lot with Harper going into her job where she's a little bit green and younger and things like that. And in my early 20s, that is also when girl boss era kind of was birthed. And so going into the workforce during the same exact time that this girl boss narrative was happening really ended up being almost a perfect storm for me. And so a lot of the learnings that I would say Harper goes through are learnings that I ended up having to go through as well in terms of understanding what work-life balance looks like. I definitely spent so much time dedicated to my career and really letting other things fall to the wayside. And for me, this book is definitely like a manifestation of lessons that I kind of wish I would have read right out of college. And in terms of the influencer culture, I always like to say that the book is very much 
kind of a vessel for conversation. It's not really like a point of view on it or an opinion on any industry or any person. And I feel like with an influencer industry, it's, you know, there's always going to be people who have kind of bad intentions or negativity or maybe motivated by the wrong things, regardless of occupation. You could have a bad police officer, lawyer, doctor, et cetera. And so just as much as I think there are bad influencers out there, I definitely think there are great ones. And I think there are influencers that are kind of moving things forward and helping people in society feel really heard or seen or feel like they're kind of curating a community of people that might not be able to, you know, connect with people who look like them or have gone through similar life experiences. So to me, I think influencer culture, it's, it's complicated. And I think it, in terms of how it manifests in the book, it does show the dark side of it. And I think that's important to remember as someone who goes on social media or somebody who consumes it is knowing that at the end of the day, there is someone who's 3D behind, you know, the screen that you're looking at and just being a little bit smarter about the content that you consume or about, you know, how much you believe in terms of like the parasocial relationship you have with this person and just examining that a little bit. Interesting. And one thing I found interesting was Charlotte's relationship with her husband or his involvement with the company, how Harper even sort of gets to know him and how he's just trying to find his way and he's trying to start these Mr. Classes and did he help? Did he not? Like what, tell me about this character and the role of men in a girl boss world. So Ryan, I, I really love this character a lot because I think he kind of represents, I just watched the Barbie movie. And when I was watching it, I was like, oh my gosh, Ryan would fit in with all of these Kens. And that's very much what Ryan kind of is in the book is that traditional white guy who sort of always had the right upbringing, met the right people, went to the right schools. And he has, I think, this feeling within him that he wants his wife to do well and succeed, but just not better than him. And so when the spotlight sort of begins to shift more and more onto his wife. He becomes very uncomfortable with it. And to me, I wanted to have a character that was very uncomfortable as a partner or as a male with seeing someone succeed next to them, especially a female, because to me, that is a story that a lot of women can relate to. And I wanted to open that up and show what it looks like to have this husband who is so deeply uncomfortable with their wife, you know, succeeding or having a spotlight. And it was something I personally have experienced in my life, being someone who I feel ambitious in, I know, past relationships, I've had men that aren't comfortable with it. And so to me, this was definitely a narrative, not to put down ex-boyfriends, but to just to have a bigger picture and conversation that hopefully women can relate to. And hopefully men maybe examine themselves a little bit more. Interesting. We will not throw any of your ex-boyfriends under the bus. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. I did really like, and maybe it's because in part I come at this from the mom perspective as well, but 
I did really like the influence of the her parents, of Harper's parents, is another one of the under one of the influences that she is under, and her desire to please them, to help them with their in, to see what she can do for their financial situation, which. I know sums up, I really love the ending and everything. Not to give it, I won't give anything away, but anyway, just how <laughs> how it feels to be, you know, growing up as a young adult, sort of coming into the world and listening to your parents, but listening to yourself in that crucial time of life when you have to sort of waver back and forth between, you know, Poughkeepsie and Nashville and whatever else. So tell me about that and sort of the role of the role of parents and and all of that from your vantage point. I feel like for Harper, she's somebody who really wants to do well by everybody around her. Definitely sort of that people pleaser mentality. And I think that really shows with her parents is wanting so badly to make them proud and make them feel like they know what she's doing. She's got her head on straight. She's sort of making these steps in her career. And in the beginning of the book, I feel like when she was telling her parents a lot about her job, I loved just having her parents be characters that just didn't quite understand what was going on, but wanted to be supportive because I do think that is an experience a lot of people go through, uh, especially with, you know, there's lots of new jobs um, in this digital age that I know my mom is still sort of wrapping her head around, oh, people get paid to do that. And wait, what is the job title? And so I wanted to show the, the distance of also generationally her parents having no idea of what an influencer was and kind of no idea of how their daughter was going to be helping, but excited to support. And to me, I think a lot of people and children do really want to make their parents proud. And I especially think that there are pressures if you go to college and especially if your parents have invested in any portion of your college that you want to show them that it was worth it. There's a reason I have a degree. I'm making steps in my career. And I think in your early 20s, it's such a complex time. You have sort of the media telling you things you have your own hopes and dreams, you have family, you're also comparing yourself to your friends. And uh, I do think that it becomes complicated. And I wanted to show what that looked like for Harper and what it meant for her to kind of feel confident in her decision, but not really be sure, but also wanting her parents to feel proud of her, but also looking at her peers next to her and wondering, you know, is this the right move? So I really appreciated the the family aspect because I do think that for me, it was something I really relate to. So I wanted to write something that, you know, hopefully other people can see themselves into. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all have stuff we need to get off our chests. Even if we don't think it's interfering with our daily life, there are some things you just haven't processed, be it grief or trauma, eating disorders, anything. It might be time to work on those things, and I have a solution for you. Therapy. Online therapy by BetterHelp. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I took the brief questionnaire online where there were, I don't know, 20 questions. It didn't take long at all, maybe three minutes. And then I got matched with a therapist who could help me work on whatever. I picked trauma because even though it happened in 2001, I am somehow still not over the loss of my friend on 9-11. And it is what it is. BetterHelp is going to help. And I am so excited, especially because with my special code, instead of $80 a month, it is 10% off, $72 a month, which is so much less than traditional therapy, and you'll get a perfect therapist for you. There are 35,000 therapists to choose from, so you'll find the right one. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash moms don't have time today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash moms don't have time. Amazing. And tell me a little more about your writing experience of the book. Yeah. So a lot of people don't know that I've been someone who has loved writing for a really long time. It says in my author bio, one of my fondest memories is going to the library with my late dad. He is was somebody who was very frugal. And so we actually never really purchased a book for a really long time. Like it was just very, very rare. And So as soon as I ended up getting a library card and sort of going with him, that's also in tandem when I began writing. And I would write these fun little stories. My mom actually came to New York for my book launch party and brought me my first ever published, quotes around published book. And it was when I was in first grade and she brought it to me and was like, look, this is actually the first book that you wrote. And so it's always been something that I've loved to do. And kind of in my professionally in my career, I've had a lot of writing jobs. And so to me in 2020 is when sort of the story begins with this book. And that's when I had the idea to write Under the Influence. And it was during COVID when I had watched like 700 hours of Netflix and I was <laughs> quarantined alone and just kind of needed to make use of myself. I felt extremely lazy and I think was probably mentally going through a lot of things as most people were. And at the time, it was really never anything that I had like a master plan with. It was never something that I was sitting there writing going, oh, this book is going to get published one day. It was really just something to take up time during quarantining by myself with my dog. And during that time, I would write a few chapters. I would send them to my best friend. She would sort of, you know, cheer me on, say she really liked them. So I just kept going. And from there, you know, I think I probably got 50 pages in. And that's when I started to really believe that it was going to be something. And from that moment on, it was 
very tunnel visioned that, okay, this isn't like a hobbyist thing. This is not a passion project. Like this will be on a shelf one day. And uh, from there, I just kept being really motivated and just kept writing things like 2am, 3am, you know, time felt like it didn't really exist during that time. And from there, I just was fortunate enough that an agent ended up hearing about the book that I was writing and reached out. And I, at one point, got to meet with my current team and it was wonderful. And even on book tour, I had a lot of people saying, it's so cool that, you know, you published a book and you're a first-time author. And I always like to be so transparent about it because it really was just something that I was kind of like fussing with and playing with and during COVID. And now it's something that I feel so proud of. And to me, I think it's just such a good lesson and those little hobbies that you have or something that you just want to try out and you're a little bit nervous or anxious, you know, I don't have all the knowledge that you should definitely try it and pursue it because you just never know where it could go. So interesting. I love that. Well, good for you. I'm glad something so positive came out of COVID for you, you know, the the pandemic. Yeah, definitely. Who are influencers that influence you? I think that's a great question. To me, I try to be really mindful about the people that I follow. One that I like a lot, her name is Victoria Brown. She uh, hosts The Real Pod. And I love the way that she shows up on social. I personally have never met her in real life, but her content, I love that she talks a lot about body image because to me, that's something for women that is really, really important. And her demographic is definitely like early 20s, I would say, to early 30s. And I love that she has grown a following talking about her body. And she basically kind of began her career by showing her Photoshopped photos, like showing photos that she posted at one point on Instagram and then showing the actual real photo that she took and sort of the difference. And then ended up just kind of putting herself on blast about it and just saying like, I'm tired of Photoshopping and I'm tired of feeling this way. And now she continues to make content like that. And I think it's great and it's really refreshing. Another similar is Sammy Clark. She had a really large weight loss journey that she went through and she kind of documented it for everybody on social media as well. And those two women, I think kind of stand out to me just because the way they show up is really genuine and authentic. And I know those words are sort of like so saturated in the influencer industry, but I do feel like when I consume their content and when I see the things that they're posting, it feels to me that they are really there to to share a story and to make people feel a little bit less alone. And I appreciate that. Amazing. Do you think that influencers have to be selling something to be influencers or are they influencers just emotionally? Like what makes an influencer hundred percent? I know you, not that you have to be an expert. I know you wrote fiction and all of that, but I don't know. What do you think? I think there are a few probably different types of influencers. I think you have, you know, influencers in terms of, I, for example, a fashion influencer, like I wear outfits, I tag all of them and I make some type of commission off of what you buy. And then I think you have influencers that are more, you know, what you might call content creator where it's, I travel, I show you different places. Um, I post it on whatever social platform and it's not as like transactional, I would say. And then I think you have influencers also who are on TikTok and that they're sharing maybe their dating story of New York City and every single day, you know, 
when they're done going on a date, they hop on, they tell you about it. And they have a huge following all from just the fact that they're kind of opening up this crazy dating scene of New York City. So I think there's so much to be discovered in in the industry within itself. I think there's so many categories. And what I find really interesting is we've only created sort of one name for all of them. Like we've created, there's such a spectrum from like someone who's gone on the bachelor and bachelorette to somebody who's documenting, you know, their garden in Brooklyn. And yet all of these people have just the same job title. There's really no other industry that has such a wide spectrum, but we all just share the same title. So I'm excited to see in the future, like what, how the naming convention sort of changes and how we start to interact and label these different occupations because to me they are quite different yeah it's true I mean now like the biggest celebrities for my kids are the youtubers you know (laughs) oh my god there's a youtuber I'm like who is that I don't know anyway anyway they freak out of course but anyway I love that (laughs) my boyfriend is a youtuber so really your kids know him what who's your boyfriend I'll ask uh Brett Conti Okay. I'll, I don't know. That means nothing. Yeah. You have to, you have to let me know. I'm sure they probably know, you know, Mr. Beast and all of those like really. Yeah. That's him. Yeah. Your boyfriend. (laughs) No, 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 Your boyfriend's Mr. Beast. Oh my God. (laughs) No, 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 no. That man is so funny. He's, I just watched a video of him like shredding a Lamborghini the other day. So (laughs) I don't, I don't quite think we're compatible because I don't know if I, if I'd be able to, to watch that. Okay. I'll ask them afterwards. Um, so what are you working on next? What is your next project? Really? I've just been so knee deep in under the influence. I mean, this is my first time doing any of this and there's no sort of guideline or playbook on how you do it. So I've been just learning so much about how to promote a book and how to get people excited about it. Goals for me would be seeing a Hollywood adaption of the book, I think would be incredible. I've had a lot, a lot of people tell me already, you know, this, this is going to be a movie. I can see it as a TV show. So that would be incredible. And then in terms of writing, I would love the opportunity if presented to revisit these characters and their journeys. I think there's a little bit more story left to be told for the cast of The Greenhouse. And I would be really excited to tell it. Amazing. Awesome. Any advice for aspiring authors? I think just follow your gut. I, you know, when I reflect back on my writing journey, so much of it was really personal and emotional. Like beyond just the fact of like learning about publishing and learning about the industry, it was so much about kind of facing a mirror of my own self-doubts and my own confidence. And especially when you're just beginning, I mean, I've worked almost 10 years in the marketing world and like had worked myself way up into being like head of marketing for companies. And now with me being an author, it's like I've knocked way, way, way down. I'm sort of like an intern is how it feels <laughs> in, in this in this publishing world. And so I think just following your gut and being okay with learning and being uncomfortable and just knowing like, hey, I have a book that's being published and I absolutely learned everything one step of the way and Google things and like actually bought books called what to do before and after the book deal and just learned about it. So I think if you have an idea and you're passionate, just continue doing it and don't sort of let your demons and self-doubt get in the way. And now that you have been through this process, at least the beginnings of it, is there something you 
wish you'd known the most about even book launch or book marketing or like just some even tiny thing that might help somebody out? I think always marketing your book earlier than later is great. And and it's not to say didn't I the minute I got the book deal, I was already so excited to share. But I think just generally always marketing it sooner than later. And I also think something I kind of learned along the way is about just asking for what you want. Um, I think a lot of people end up being really shy about things. And if they want to share the book with someone or if they want to be on somebody's podcast or if they want someone to write a review, I've just gotten really comfortable with sort of asking for the things that I want, obviously in a polite way and not inappropriate, but just oh, you enjoyed the book. Thanks so much. Like it would mean so much if you could go on Goodreads and share, you know, your experience with it. And I think people forget that. And especially, I think a lot of women sometimes feel, feel worried about asking for things. So just feeling comfortable with that. Amazing. Well, Noelle, this has been so interesting. Um, I'm influenced by you and your, and your creative (laughs) words and stories and ideas. And I really appreciate the time. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And thanks for doing an event at Zibby's Bookshop. That was awesome. Yes. It was so amazing. You have the cutest bookshop. Oh my gosh. I loved it so much. And your team was so incredible. They were so kind. Oh, good. I'm glad. I love hearing that. Awesome. All right. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.